0: Welcome to Martin McDonald's. Uh, welcome to my sh- talk show, or I suppose I could call it, my YouTube channel, um, and thanks for talking to me today. For those of you that don't know Martin, he is the UK's leading clinical and sports nutritionist. <laughs> um, do you still have the Olympic contract? Are you still working with the Olympic
1: team? Um, no, I have stopped working with them now because... Uh, well, a number of different reasons, but yeah, no. So that I had that for whatever it was, nine years. So um, no one else has got it, as far as I know. So it's just, um, it was partly a funding issue for them, but okay, we'll go into that. <laughs> cool. cool.
0: Um, so you can find Martin on social media. On Instagram, your handle is Martin Nutrition. That's the one. Cool. And Facebook, Martin Nutrition McDonald. And nice. also you're on Twitter. And uh, Martin Nutrition as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You
0: do much in do you blanket the whole sort of social media, or are you just sort of focusing on one or two?
1: But, uh, Facebook and um, Instagram are probably the best places to get me. Um, this year, I'm looking to do a lot more content, so I'll be putting stuff on YouTube actually, as well as um, I don't know, doing a bit more on Twitter. I spent many years on Twitter, I built got quite a big following on Twitter, and then. Of the new algorithms and everything just died, so um, yeah, I, d- I don't do as much anymore. But uh, people can get me anywhere if they want to, but if you want my best content, Instagram stories, okay, yes, uh, yeah, and Facebook yeah. lives, there's those are the two
0: cool. Um, so we're just going to go through some questions, uh, on you today, really. So, um, not many people know, but the- you used to compete as a um natural professional bodybuilder in uh, back in the day. Yeah,
1: yeah, natural bodybuilder, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you um, said, I've listened to a few podcasts with you on, and you said that after that you <laughs> developed um, somewhat of a poor relationship with food. You. Um, so I just wanted yeah. to, my first question to you is, how did that come about and what did you do to sort of get around it? What, what did you do to overcome it?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Normally, I sort of say that just as a, uh, I don't know, a bit of a caveat to a question I've been asked. It's never been, I suppose, the topic of discussion. But um, so, yeah, it essentially came from I was young. I competed between the ages of 18 and 23, did one or two shows every single year, which I kind of say to people now do not. Um, You know, especially in natural bodybuilding where progress is so slow. Um do not compete year on year, especially not doing two shows a year so <clears throat> I suppose in a way I was a little bit poorly advised, and I followed a lot of the gurus in the industry at that time you know some of these you know we're only going back what is it twelve uh, ish years um some of these you know gurus are still around, and it it's very much the kind of the orthorexia side of things the The obsession with food and the the cleanness of that food. So I'm a big proponent of the fact that, you know, I think some people I would personally say I am not prone to disordered eating, but um, some people really are. And therefore, any kind of sport where there has to be you have to be very specific you don't have to be as stupid as i was with regards to the same foods. some foods were good some foods were bad you know this labeling of good and bad foods is is really really unhelpful in every walk of life and um you know the obsession around uh, yeah this, this kind of concept of clean foods and you could only get lean if you ate certain foods which we know is completely incorrect and um you know demonizing food and, and then that is a big um trigger for then kind of a, a binge mentality of i can't have them and then i've just got to you know fight my willpower and rather than having a, a really wide variety of foods and just understanding You know, the calories and macros and how you can manipulate and how you can fit any food into your diet. I often get the question about alcohol and fat loss and test prep and those kind of things. And I'm like, you can drink alcohol and it's absolutely fine. It's not going to, you know, there are gurus out there saying you can't lose fat if you drink alcohol. And I'm like, they don't even give it a concept, a context, like a time period. It's like, if you drink alcohol today, you're not losing any fat for two weeks. It's like, it's just no. If you do, you will not lose fat. So, Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a very extreme sport. And even just the, even healthy counting calories, if there is such a thing, healthy, flexible dieting, healthy weight loss, there are still people who, when they have to take their body to that extreme, it's going to trigger some, some issues. So, um, yeah, it is a bit of a thing now working with clients, advising people that back then I was like, you know, my first realization was, geez, I have considered throwing my food back up because then the calories won't count. Um, and that was that moment of, Oh my goodness. Like I think I'm a, um, stable, you know, you know, male, it's like men don't get eating disorders, this like kind of, um, myth. And, um, I didn't think of it as, as, a, as an issue then. And I never did it, but I sort of thought, shall I do it? And then I was just kind of chickened out. But then there was this realization later of just like, oh my goodness, I genuinely I didn't think of it, it was like, there's nothing wrong like with that. I'm not bulimic. I didn't that wasn't that never entered my mind. But it's like that is believer Um or like a, a step towards it. So anyway, that was your answer, yeah. Wow, okay. That's quite an um, Yeah.
0: Man. So. You recently, I say recently, was it a few months ago, you, were, you were dieting yourself, you were going on, mm. uh, you trademarked it as yes, eat person. as mu- uh, eat as few calories as you can. That diet. was your trademark yeah. diet. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. um, just a question on that really, did you, did you struggle with anything on that? Was there any adversity on that? Uh, what was the mes- most detrimental thing that you found when you were sort of trying to stick to that sort of diet holidays I know you went away with your staff team um, yeah is there anything you came across that sort of
1: you struggled with interesting one so I, I, I finally have a very small appetite okay. and um, I suppose I struggled in the way that anyone struggles with a diet in terms of there were and, and one of the things that I did that was I suppose a healthy mentality around it was if I couldn't do it I didn't beat myself up about it I didn't if I overate I didn't have any guilt towards it if I um whereas so for instance when I was competing in bodybuilding it was like if I went off plan so if I ate a cookie if I had a donut if I went to a party and there was food that wasn't on my plan, and I, you know, to come to the not peer pressure but just the palatable food, I would then just binge. I would then just well, I've had one cookie. I might as well have twelve. And um, however, in this situation, it was a case of eat as few ca- calories as I can. And um, whilst, me, you know, certain people said to me, were well, there any caveats with that? And they're very much where it was. I needed to maintain my protein intake, was I didn't want to lose much muscle. And um, I wanted enough to have some dietary variety. So people talk about protein sparing modified fasts. And for someone my size, you'd be, that'd be like 800 calories a day, for instance. And you know, that's really freaking hard. And I can't do that. And I know I can't do that. So, I kind of added 50% to that, 1200. Now, still, for someone who's weight training and has some muscle mass and, and weighs 80 plus kilos, that's still a very low calorie diet. But it allowed me enough dietary variety for, um, you know, for kind of mental sakes and um, for my sanity's sake and um, you know I knew it was for a short period of time it wasn't a diet that I was gonna have to do for you know the next year you know very often there's this mentality with diet as soon as this is uh, one of the reasons I kind of have spoken about this before is there's this idea that if you diet fast it's bad you know people who want to help people are good people you get all these bros these gurus these idiots putting people on crash diets with no coaching with no education um, and that is bad. You get these shake diets, and you get these unqualified individuals who have lost weight on a shake diet, becoming a counselor or whatever you wanna you know shake counselor um, and that's horrific, but then it's almost taking the evidence based crowd away from diets, weight loss programs that make people lose more than a pound a week, like It's like, oh, you lost two pounds, you lost three pounds, you lost four pounds. pounds. That's unhealthy. And it's not. The literature does not support that. The The idea idea that you will regain the weight um, more and faster because of fast weight is not evidence-based. So um, it's still a case of if you can't stick to it, if you lower your calories to a certain level you can't stick to it, then there's no point in doing it. So I've famously said... um, Eat as few calories as you can realistically maintain for the duration that will take you to your goal. So it's quite a long winded concept, but people here just eat low calorie. That's not the case because it's if you can eat 10 days really low calorie, but then you find yourself you need to eat more calories, all of it shifts up. So You think you're only eating 1,200 calories because you had to have a 2,000-calorie meal all of your other days creep up. So the lowest you can maintain is actually the average of all of those calories to your goal. And um, so for me, it was short-term. It's very, very motivating to see the scales dropping quickly. So again, you're hungry. I I did some Instagram videos of me just like eating a carrot. and I was like, I'm hungry, I'm going to have a carrot. Um, I quite like carrots. They're They're nice nice in terms terms of of the crunch crunch, and those those kind of things. They're low calorie. Um, But I just, you know, I was hungry. I could easily, if I was that hungry right this second, I would eat. But it was a case of I'm really enjoying the process. I'm really enjoying the results I'm getting. So I'm going to keep going. Um, Have I answered your question? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, very well. Um, So where do you think it is that, People fall down with the diets. You were saying, like Duff Info, um, gurus, oh. sort of, um, they're not coached or they don't have an exit strategy. I've heard you mm. say once before people will do the diet, achieve what they want to achieve, but they're not coached to live or they don't have an exit strategy. What's your where do you think people fall down?
1: Yeah, one thing that I forgot to say in that whole spiel was. Being being on a diet, there has to be restriction. There has to be some level of restraint. So whether you're in a 500-calorie deficit, a 1,000-calorie deficit, or 1,500-calorie deficit, all of those, there is a, mental, a level of mental restraint required. So being on a diet, whether it's 500 calories a day or 1,500 calories a day for eight weeks, it's still that level of I'm on a diet, and you've been on a diet for eight weeks, whereas in, with one of those scenarios, you get results three times quicker. So there's also that, or you could diet for a third of the amount of the time for the same results and not, you know, it's like you're in a 500-calorie deficit. It's like, I can't have that. those couple of chocolate bars I like to have a day versus you can't have them, but you've also got to cut out some potato and and some other um to get into a 1500 calorie deficit but it's all just restriction so um, that's one thing so where people fail is a lot about mentality they people doing these cleanses and, and stupid whatever oh I've lost all of this weight in 10 days there's a lack of education they don't realize that losing 10 pounds in two weeks you've not lost 10 pounds of fat so when they regain the water they have lost let's say two to four pounds of fat they regain six pounds of water and they're like, oh, I failed. I'm putting on all of this fat. And it's like, no, you haven't. You just put on six pounds of water. You are you're you've still kept off all of the fat. But they've not been educated. They re, they're reliant on the shakes or the cleanse or the whatever stupid broccoli and white fish diet. They're not educated on calories, macros, choices, decisions, um, you know, the coaching to live things. So it's like if you don't want to live the rest of your life. Counting calories—it sucks. Uh, so understanding that that is one tool. I did a Instagram video about this just today, and um, it's one tool. But at some point, you want to, as you said, coach people to live. So what are your methods? What are your habits? What are um, the things that you've got in place? So for me, a great one is skipping breakfast. If I just skip breakfast, I remove two to five hundred calories out of my day, and I shorten the window of my eating, and therefore it helps me to stay at my roughly maintenance calories. And um, all sorts of different things are, are helpful. You know, some people it's as simple as, you know, if you find yourself eating lots of ice cream and crisps and chocolate, and you know, just you've had loads of those one day, it's like, well, maybe the next couple of days just don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know the, the way that most people have lived before the invention of calorie counting apps and these kind of things. Cool. Cool.
0: Um, uh- what keeps you motivated? Is it just, is it the knowledge that, um, I, I mean, motivation towards your training and uh, exercise and nutrition, is it just the knowledge that you have that what could go wrong if you don't? Or is, do you actually, do you enjoy the process, a combination of the
1: two? Yeah, I think it's I think it's very much a combination of the two. I think I'm not an overly motivated exerciser, to okay. be totally honest. Um, so I know there are benefits to exercise Um, how much that motivates me health wise I think I go through spurts with um, you know I've been talking to my staff recently about I want to buy a new premises for us um, so that we can have showers at work um, because I genuinely think I would be motivated if I had showers at work because in our offices at the minute we don't. I might cycle to work, and they're all like laughing. Oh, you won't cycle to work, um, and maybe I won't if it's raining. But if it's but then right, if it's raining, I'll just cycle wearing whatever. I'll get to work. I will have a change of clothes at work. I have a cupboard, a wardrobe at work, and I'll have showers. And then straight away, like the environment, I'm going to buy the environment I need to be healthy. Um, until then, I'm just being completely lazy. But the, you know, I don't do much. Uh, in the way of cardiovascular type stuff I do weight train and I suppose I feel that that's keeping me relatively healthy like we know the benefits of resistance training and um, I like the effects it has I like the the social side of it I go with my staff or my friends and um, I like the aesthetic side of it and I think lots of people like frown upon the aesthetic side of it sometimes but it's like you know if, if it motivates me that I've got Bigger arms, but actually, my bigger arms are a glucose disposal area, so that to help with my blood glucose management to prevent diabetes or decrease the risk of all those kind of things, it's like, well, happy days. Um, so, yeah,
0: cool, very cool. Um, what so what got you into nutrition in the first place?
1: Ah, oh, funny, I, I can't remember who I said this to in the last couple of days, and um, it was during a rant, but, I I've always been a bit obsessed by muscles and um like from from a young young age, like probably twelve or younger. I, well I got my first weight set at twelve and I had an older brother and I thought he was cool because he had big muscles. Um and looking back now, like he was not jacked at all. Like I would I'd be like, Do you even lift if I saw him now? <laughs> um and uh but you know, young kid, older brother, he's cool, he's strong, he's fast. And I saved up my pocket money to buy Arnold Schwarzenegger's encyclopedia to bodybuilding. So it's funny when people say now, like, uh, like talk about vanity or, you know, this, that and the other. And um, I, in my young years, people are like, oh, you just trained to, for the girls. And it's like, I was not training for girls when I was 12 years old. Um, it was... <laughs> Anything I was looking at Ben in their undercoats, which is like, like, I don't know if you've seen Arnold's book, but it's like, and I was like there with like, look at these, like, mum and dad, look at these calves, sort of thing. Um, it's a bit weird, isn't it? But anyway, so I'm a bit weird. We've, we've decided that. I liked sport. I was active. I was sporty. I did a lot more, you know, I would run for fun back then, uh, played football, etc. And um, so I was interested in health, was interested in all this kind of stuff, was, was obsessed by muscles. And um, nutrition wasn't, I never saw it as a career, um, but then I started getting interested in training and, and the, the effect that nutrition had on exercise and these kind of things, and went and studied sports science. And then, and well, I started, I competed in my first bodybuilding show, I think at 17, just before like my 18th birthday. And from that point forwards, I did a two-week at, two Atkins diet before my first ever bodybuilding show. I came last place. And um, I was just one of these kids. I like had a six-pack, and I was like, I can do bodybuilding. And it's like, oh, my goodness, ridiculous. Uh, but from there, it just grew and grew and grew and grew, like the effect that nutrition can have on the body, the effect it can have on health and aesthetics and all these kind of things. And um, then it was just... I like being the center of attention, you know, I'm not afraid to admit that. And um, if you know about nutrition, everyone wants to talk to you. Like you want to talk to me because I've, I do nutrition, but it's like I'm at a dinner party. People who don't care about fitness or health and it's like, oh, you're a nutritionist. Oh, they're really interested. And I just love talking about nutrition. It's, it's kind of all I talk about. Um, so, yeah, it just I suppose it's just become a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy in that i've got good at it i like the feeling i get by helping people and teaching people i quite like education and nutrition is my thing therefore it all bolsters that i like fitness i like exercise i like the effect it has on the body and um you know i, I didn't always know like i was going to study or work in nutrition like i wanted to be an accountant because i'm very good with numbers and um but then like sport and then um, I still thought like my parents were like, oh, you can go and do a sports science degree, but then you'll be an accountant type thing. And mm-hmm. then just whilst I was studying, doing the bodybuilding, became the go-to guy on nutrition knowledge or getting lean, um, which is kind of crazy, right? Because I'm there get, giving myself a disordered eating and mm-hmm. people are like, oh, this guy's the most knowledgeable. <laughs> it's bad, just like abs sell, don't they? We know mm-hmm. that through Instagram. But yeah, so what got me into it, like just all of those different factors. And then the like, kind of end of the story is someone said to me, all of the nutritionists and dietitians that I've ever, so these were some like big time people I I was friends with and like, you know, working with like national sports teams and big consultancies. And they're like, you know more about nutrition than most of the nutritionists and dietitians that we work with currently. And like, you're 21 and we're 30, 40, whatever years old. You could get qualified, do your master's in nutrition and you could be the best in the world. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, I'm gonna do that because um, I was thinking I'd be an s coach or a sports scientist or something or like other, and then I was like, oh but that I could be the best at." So that's how kind of my career's or I started on that path.
0: Awesome. Okay. Um, just to finish, I know you're short on time. Uh, just to finish up, uh, I'm gonna hit you with some quick fire questions. So, first thing that pops into your head: favorite meal mm. or snack.
1: Pick and mix slash chocolate.
0: Favourite exercise. <laughs> Favorite exercise. You've got one exercise, one machine working in the gym. What's it gonna be?
1: Probably. I'm gonna say incline dumbbell press. Um, if only a fifteen degree incline. That's I suppose it's my my best strength exercise. Obviously, it works chest and um, triceps. So, if I had to do one, that would be it.
0: Cool. Um, what is your current calorie maintenance?
1: I haven't got a clue. Really? Um, I reckon. So, I'm completely ad lib eating at the minute. And um, probably. Because I'm so inactive. Like, I will not get more than a thousand steps a day most days. And, like, most people be like screaming Everything. at me that but um i reckon probably my calorie maintenance is two thousand seven hundred okay and if you
0: weren't doing this job what would you be doing counting
1: oh geez um if i wasn't doing this job that is a good question the problem is it's one of those things it's like I never really think about it if I won the lottery, I'd I'd still do this job. Awesome. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think, think it's a it's a nice place to get, get to, 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 isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like, I think already I was saying this on my on my Instagram story yesterday. Of my I've got such an amazing um, team of staff that I could just not do anything all day long. I like I could retire and just. They work so well. They don't need me to manage them. The the company is like just, yeah, just I like could a take a wage, but I'm still, I just love it. Like, what else would I do? I love nutrition. I love talking to people. I love educating. I love social media. Um, I suppose I could, my job isn't currently traveling the world talking about nutrition, giving presentations, but that is basically my goal for the next two years. Um, so that it could be that, or maybe like a have my own TV show. Sweet. Um, again, it would just be about nutrition. Like I just, you know, like Joe Wicks has got whatever his silly show is, like giving misinformation out and stuff. Like I, I want that to be my job—to not give out misinformation and just educate people. Um, so, so would we'll be those. Other than that, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, and last one is if uh, your best health and fitness tip. So if someone comes to you and they say, "Look, I really need to get in shape. What do I do?" Just a brief synopsis of you know sort of points that they could start take away with.
1: Oh, um, am I might have like ten points if
0: I can fit <laughs> it. If okay. it is. Yeah. If you need to.
1: Um, I suppose for me it would just be like looking at. I did this, this one actually recently, recently of like how many different, different types, types of foods do you eat in terms, terms of, of I sort of say to them like, like legumes. So this is my thing is legumes. legumes. So I'm like not big, big into legumes, legumes but like they're so, so healthy. healthy. Um, and and we, kind of you get the omnivores or, or the big meat freaks, anti-vegans and vegetarians. And the vegetarians like, well, look at this research. It shows we're healthier, and it's like, because yeah, you eat lentils, um, and we eat chocolate. And it's like it's that comparison, whereas if meat eaters in general would just eat loads more legumes and vegetables and kept eating their meat, they'd be just as healthy as the vegetarians. But at the same time, vegetarians can be unhealthy if they're just eating chocolate and stuff. But generally, it's a health seeking behavior. So it's like the first brilliant step is someone taking the step forward of like, I give a crap about my health because that's. What most omnivores aren't doing. They are completely passive in their health. Whereas a vegetarian, unless they're a completely ethical vegetarian or vegan, but even then they do it for ethical reasons and then they get bombarded by you're going to be unhealthy, you're going to be unhealthy, you're going to not have enough iron, you're not going to have enough protein. So they just start thinking more. Whereas no one goes, I don't go into a Costa Coffee, someone goes, yeah, I'm not a vegetarian. And I go, ooh, you need to look at your diet. So you go, oh, you just eat a varied diet. So yeah, eat more lentils. Eat, Find a way to get more vegetables in your diet. No one, apart from kind of freaks, I'm going to call them, but they're good freaks, <laughs> eat vegetables. Like, just generally people don't. Even people who are lean and this, that, and the other, they're just living off protein bars these days. Whereas the true healthy people are like, they tend to be more this hippie end of the spectrum. And like, I want to get myself more towards the non-fitness industry, non-performance, hippie end of the spectrum of like, just eating lots of natural, but like a wide variety of foods. Like you see these people with like smoothies with, I'm gonna put blueberries and spirulina and this that, and the other. And you kind of look at me like, oh, you're a bit of a weirdo. But it's like, but that stuff's healthy. If you can find ways to get more vegetables in your diet and more legumes, absolutely amazing. Um, So that would be, if it had to be like a snippet, it would just be like, go and do that, see what happens. After that, it just becomes a bit technical. Okay, let's look at maintenance calories. Let's look at what your processed foods are. With that level of palatability in your diet with chocolate and ice cream, whatever, are you genetically able to maintain calories and not slowly gain weight over time, which is potentially a negative factor? And then I suppose the other one, completely hypocritically, is be active. For a lot of people, is there's a big issue with activity um, in in daily life, like the whole 10,000 steps thing. I'm terrible with it, but I, I suppose feel like I, like I said, do the weight training as part of an account uh, to account for that and partly restrict my intake of junk food so that my body weight doesn't creep up. Um, but I should personally be more active. I know it's probably better for my heart overall, but yes.
0: Cool. That's it. Let's go, everything. perfect. Thank you very much. Sorry, we've run over. No, it's okay. Um, well, um, see it. Great stuff. Thank you for talking to me today. Um, my pleasure.
1: Thanks for having me. Um,